Hi there. My name is Andrew Adams, and this is Don't You Dare Talk to Me. Listener, as an adult, have you ever pooped your pants before? If you haven't, I can definitely guarantee you, you will at some point in your adulthood. And if you ever do, just look back on this moment and think to yourself, hey, I'll make it through this just like I'm making it through everything else in life. Anyway, today, Don't You Dare Talk to Me about the new Netflix series, Sweet Home. Uh, So I was kind of, I was poking around on Netflix trying to figure out what I wanted to do for an episode. And it was like topping the Netflix charts at the time. It was sitting at number 10. So I was like, heck, that's worth a look. Um, and I was taking a look at the trailer and it's like, oh, kick ass. It's like a Korean horror uh, series. And I love Korean horror. It's really unique in its own way and has like, you know, Korean horror has a uh, ton of different like unique plots and themes that are used in comparison to uh, typically what's used in like Western horror and everything. So I, was, uh, I feel like that would kind of give a good little entry here, um, you know, just to kind of start talking about some Korean horror because I haven't done an episode on that and I freaking love that genre. Um, so this is a series in itself, so it, it kind of plays a little differently than like the compactness of like a, you know, of a story in a movie. But if you're not familiar, if you're not like a fan of Korean horror, definitely take a stab at it. Even if you're like a fan of horror movies in general or anything creepy, because that's like that you get some like prime ticket stuff when it comes to Korean horror. There's plenty of like great movies out there. Uh, just to list a few here of my favorites, like Sorum, I Saw the Devil, uh, Antarctic Journal, The Host, um, and The Host, if you're not familiar, that was like um, the one uh, Oscar, I think it was 2019 that won the Oscar of Parasite, uh, Bong Joon-ho, he was the one that directed The Host as well, and he did a great job in that. And I guess the Parasite, um, Parasite's kind of like a, a bit of a horror, more of a thriller, if anything. Um, getting a little off topic. Also, too, there's like, you know, Train to Busan, that was a recent one, um, had like zombies and everything. And I think it got uh, sequeled. I don't know if it was like Train... I think it was like titled Train to Busan um, Peninsula, or it was just called Peninsula, um, or The Wailing. That was also a good, you know, Korean horror film. Um, this this probably means absolutely nothing to you. I'm just listing off movies. Like, but this is this is the thing is like other you know critics, like people who are actually in the film industry, actually have like you know doted on these movies of being really well well put together. They're good movies, and I freaking agree 100. percent So it's definitely ones that you should definitely look out for. If you ever get the chance. And then one thing about uh, that kind of makes uh, Korean horror unique, and this is just kind of going a little essay here. You usually see themes of like revenge um, and kind of kind of more of just like these really like, you know, intense feelings of emotion um, that drive the protagonist to either like, you know, go up against these, whether it be like, you know, the horror of human nature or supernatural forces, anything like that. Um, and a lot of the thing too, you, the, the protagonists, they're often doomed. Like they're, they're going to be double fried fucked by the end of like the, the, the movie. Um, but then too, it's kind of like a bittersweet ending. Like you see them overcoming yet. They're often end up dead or like, you know, imprisoned or, you know, any, it doesn't usually end on a happy note. Unlike a lot of like Western horror movies where they kind of, you know, let the, let the last girl or the last guy get away, you know, but you always have like the, you know, like the killer still alive or whatever. But when it comes to Korean horror, like the protagonist is dead, everyone is dead, everything is fucked. And that's just how it is. And I I like that. I like how like, you know, dismal it can be. And then when you say that with like, it comes, I feel like that's like more scary in a sense, because you know that there's like, you know, it's all this hopelessness packed into one story. I don't even know where I'm going with that. (laughs) Anyway, the one thing too, I really like about Korean horror is how you, um, this is the portrayal of like the horror of human nature. Um, the one movie that I mentioned, I Saw the Devil, that was a great one because it it's like about this one like secret agent 
um, who's, I think it was his wife, if I remember correctly, it's been a few years since I've seen it. Um, but it was like his wife that was killed off by this one, like notorious serial killer. And he's like, oh, this guy's such a sick fuck. Like all the stuff that he does in this movie. Um, but then this guy, like he tracks him down and he ends up like having to be, you know, he ends up becoming like this monster himself in order to like seek out revenge against this like serial killer. It's crazy. Um, so, and that, but apart from like the horror of human nature, you get a lot of other Korean horror movies that kind of play into like the supernatural, uh, or like monster flicks kind of stuff like that. Um, the one that I did mention the host that was like, um, uh, kind of a monster flick of this like river monster, like this, this fish that was mutated by all these chemicals that are dumped into the, the river. And then it just goes on this like complete like frenzy. I think, I think it was like through soul. I I can't remember. Um, Yeah. But also, when you see, like, Western horror, though, usually, like, to, like, the one thing that is, like, most prominent about Western horror is that violence and gore is always at the forefront. You always, like, because if it's, like, if it's bleeding, it's leading. Um, and that's, too, is, like, you're not going to have a lot of Western audiences that are going to go out to see a movie unless there's going to be, like, you know, the chop, like, all the chopping and gore on display right at there. But in my opinion, I feel like that has, it has less of an impact, or at least to me, when there's like, you know, you have all this like gore and like, you know, terrible violence on display, like at the front, and then everything else is kind of taking a backseat, um, like the characterization and everything. So I've like, I feel like in a lot of, uh, more of Korean horror movies they they kind of build these characters out to, you know, make make them be sympathetic or non-sympathetic. They kind of like, it's more of like being able to kind of give depth to these characters that are about to in, like, you know, encounter all these horrible events. But then you have like in Western horror, they're just like, oh, these are going to be our meat sacks, you know, to, to take the, to be put through the grindhouse of, you know, whatever it be Freddy Krueger or whatever, you know, slasher that you want to take. Um, that's why, I don't know, I feel like it just resonates with me a little more. Plus two, when you have, like, in, this is just me, this is just totally opinionated, so I don't, I'm not, a lot of the shit I say on this podcast is just opinions, so, you know, as I said, just like my asshole, you have one too, you know? But the, the Korean horror, when it comes to, like, violence and everything, I feel like it's more intense because it's, like, it's more subtly done or there's more of a build-up to it, and that just kind of leaves a more, like, lasting effect. Um, and too, like everything that you see, it's like, it's really visceral and like right on screen and everything. So one of the examples I keep bringing it up is, uh, I saw the devil, um, that there was like this one scene in there that it just, it stuck with me for some reason where like the one main protagonist is able to like, you know, corner the serial killer and he like slices his Achilles tendon, uh, with the scalpel. And it's just, oh, it's so intense to watch. But apart from that, like I, like everything else, you just kind of like, for example, like, in comparison to that, it sticks with you more because if you have, like, someone on screen that has, like, is being chased down with a chainsaw or there's being a chainsaw waved all over the place, you know for a fact that someone's going to get chainsawed. So you kind of brace yourself for it rather than, you know, kind of sitting on the edge of your seat being like, oh, no, what's going to happen next, you know? Because the scene that I was just describing and I saw the devil, um, it was more of, like, you know, you're they're in this, uh, I think it was, like, kind of a nurse's station type setting. So it could have been anything at all. But the fact that he chose to do that, it was just, you know, really intense. And then I'll kind of bring that, I'll bring that up when we start discussing the plot um, <clears throat> of one of the things that kind of happens in the first episode of the show of being that really, like, unexpected kind of, like, intense violence. So, 
Anyway, I, I chose this one out. It was kind of a, a perfect fit here because I like to do, when I like, you know, spoil the entirety of movie plots and everything like that, it typically goes about like, you know, an hour and a half or so. But the episodes uh, for Sweet Home, they go for uh, about one hour a piece, uh, 50 minutes to an hour. Um, so, and I figured I'd check it out, you know, it seemed like it'd be a good watch, and if you do decide to go watch it, and you're one of those people that is like, oh, I, I hate having to watch anything foreign, because that means I have to read subtitles, don't sweat it, man, because you can put it in English, Netflix has you covered there, where you can put the audio in English, and you can turn off those disgusting subtitles that you hate so much, um, but I don't, I don't know why people want to do that here, let me break out the old soapbox here, just real quick. <laughs> And this is just me talking to myself, but why do people hate foreign media so much? Like, why do people hate, like, foreign films and everything? There's so much, like, kick-ass stuff. And this just goes beyond, I'm talking, like, this goes beyond, like, Korean horror films. I'm talking about, like, any, like, other foreign media. I'm talking to you, America, and everyone else that doesn't, you know, doesn't like any foreign media. So there's so much kick-ass stuff to watch and read about when exploring these other cultures or these other, like, you know these other mediums from other cultures. So, but why is what I'm trying to figure out? Is it the subtitles? Like, if you don't like reading subtitles, like, dude, suck it up. It's not that hard. It's literally just one of the things you read, like, three or four words before continuing to watch what's on the, like, you know, on the screen. And I don't know, I don't know, it's not that hard, at least to me. I don't know how it's like, or what it's like for other people, but people act like they have to read a fucking essay anytime that there's like a foreign film on or something, or they're gonna be like, yeah, sure, there is a lot of foreign films where they get like super artsy and everything, but check it, man, there's plenty of other dumbass artsy films over here that are like, you know, in America and everything. So it's like, to each his own, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that people cut themselves off from just because of the fact that they don't want want to read subtitles or I don't want to hear a different language. It's not hard, man. And it's my, my theory. This is just a working theory here is that people don't like to do that or watch foreign films. Like typically is because they don't want to like, they can't look, you know, can't look down at their phone or do something else without, you know, missing out on something, which why bother watching shit then? If you're just going to miss out on like a quarter of it by looking at your phone, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. And I feel like it's just, it's really, <laughs> maybe I'm sitting over here being like, you know, bitching and moaning about this and someone else is probably, I, if, if someone else knows, for the love of God, if you're hearing this, like message me and explain as to why people hate foreign, like foreign media so much. So, and as an, as a dumbass American myself, I like, you know, I like this stuff. It's super cool, man. And, I, and people just like, don't bitch about how there's like nothing to watch. If you're just going to cut yourself off from like all this other cool shit that's on there, because it's like, you know, this shit that you've already seen, like you're, if it doesn't fit into your little box of like, you know, oh, this is what I like to watch. And if it doesn't fit, I'm not going to even bother trying it. Just, alright, I challenge you this, if you're to the three people that listen to this, try watching a foreign film, and show, like, it just, like, go scroll through something, um, and see, like, it, see something that you think is cool, and then just start watching it, and if you don't like it, if you don't, like, like it, then fucking turn it off, it's not that hard, and you can at least say, hey, man, I tried something new, I tried watching something other than Arrested Development, or fuck, man, I don't know. I, that was just the last show that I watched before this. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that was, yeah. I don't know what people typically watch or what's popular nowadays. I just kind of stick to the stuff that I like. So I'm guilty of it too, but I like to kind of, you know, get outside the wheelhouse from time to time. And hey, man, I hope that you will too. And maybe me talking about this will make it fun enough for someone to check it out. So anyway, um, um, maybe I'm just missing the point, but whatever, dude, it doesn't matter. All right, let me put that old soapbox away. If you, if you haven't tuned out by now, fucking kudos, dude. Appreciate it. Um, so let's, let's get into this plot then. So we we're talking about Sweet Home, episode 1.1. I don't think I'm going to do an entire series. I'm not going to do like, you know, I, I did like, at the time of recording this, I already went ahead and watched uh, the second episode and it was good. I liked it. You know, it was like, it's always a good feeling when you like watch a Netflix show or any type of show really. Um, and you kind of have that, like you watch the first episode and you go, Whoa, that was really good. I'm glad that there's more to watch. So there's a lot of movies like where you'll get like, you know, you kind of get that movie hangover kind of where you like, you watch a good movie and you want to know like, Oh, what happens next? You know? And when you have a good show, it kind of like, keeps that feeling off of being like if it all wraps up into a nice little bow at the end that's perfect but sometimes you'll get that show hangover where you just want to know what's next but it's cool being like on the the ground floor of like uh, episode one of a series and then being like oh i wonder what happens next and you get to watch the next episode and then the next episode and the next one so probably once i'm done recording this and i'm probably just gonna go watch uh the rest of the episodes for the night Anywho, let's talk about this plot real quick. So we open up on this like military unit, um, kind of staking out this one destroyed building. Like everything is just totally wrecked. Um, and it's like this big old snowy field and they're setting up this big firing line uh, outside to kind of overlook. And there's like tanks and helicopters, all types of military stuff going on. Um, and it's like really super snowy and everything kind of, kind of a somber look there. And then you start to see like these like creatures start to move around and you're thinking, Oh, is it zombies? And then they start, this is where we really like kind of drag, drug me in was like, these aren't just your regular zombies. These are like some freaky mutant creatures. Like some of them have like their head split down the middle and they're clapping like jaws. Uh, there's other ones that have like these long, like tendrils coming out of their fingers and everything. Um, and the actors and actresses that they got to portray these creatures they must have got some like top level contortionists because they're like flipping and freaking their bodies all which way just to you know it was just oh man it's so freaking creepy i love it anyway we get this one kid or this kind of like you know figure stumbling out he's like a teenager um we'll learn who he's stumbling out there and he's like walking through this whole field of creatures and everything and the the soldiers up there they have a megaphone they order him to stop and he just keeps on shuffling out there and so once he doesn't they start blasting the shit out of him with the machine guns they're like da 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 and they're just shooting him up and after that's all said and done he's still standing though this guy just took all these bullets and everything and then we cut to a whiteout and that's the opening credits you know and I love it. you know it's really cool you know having a good uh, opening credit sequence if it's not boring it's like one of those ones where you're like you're laying in bed and particularly for like Netflix where it does like uh, the skip intro. If you're like laying in bed and the remote's like too far away, at least like if the opening credits are cool, you don't have to worry about like, you know, oh yeah, I'll watch this. This is entertaining enough to watch rather than be like, oh geez, it's the intro. I got to skip this. I have to get up from my comfy spot to go do that. <laughs> God, man, I'm such a lazy ass American. Anyway. We get that white out after this, and we have this whole, like, big dramatic opera score that really sets the tone. I don't know what tone exactly, but it was setting it for sure. 
So this teen is like, you know, we, I guess we like, you know, getting our time, we time travel back for before all this freaking mess of an entry, you know, of all this, like, you know, this, this chaos that we just saw, we kind of like go back to before the conflict and we see this teen. And that was the thing too, is like, I missed like the, there, like anytime there was like subtitles, I don't, for Netflix, it was weird. They kept just doing like man one, man two, woman one, woman two, woman three, um, but I did get a couple of the names because they were like actually said in like the show. So anyway, we're, we'll call this guy Mr. Lonesome. So Mr. Lonesome, the, like this teenager, he's catatonically just kind of like shuffling along the sidewalk. He's walking and he has like he's carrying like his big ass like computer monitor with him. Um, and then there's this other guy who's like weed whacking across like nearby and he hits like a piece of concrete with the weed whacker and the blade on it like breaks off and shoots right past this kid's head and almost like decapitates him. Um, but he's just, you know, he's, you know, the guy who was like doing the weed whacking, he comes over, he goes, whoa, that was close. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, dude, it was close. You only like, you know, gave me a lobotomy with that thing. And the guy was just like, he's like, oh, you must be the new guy that's moving in. So you're moving into this super shitty rundown apartment building. <laughs> it's a, and it's looking bad in there. So it's, it's a real, you know, rough joint you know, super crowded, super messy. So the kid, he's just like, you know, he's, he's kind of just like really out of it and everything. So you're just like, ah, what's this guy's deal? So anyway, he's goes into his apartment and, and, uh, Mr. Lonesome, he's sitting there just kind of staring off. And then he's just like, ah, I might as well, you know, kill myself. So he goes up to the roof and he's resigned that he's going to commit suicide. So this guy, he's going to, he like steps up on the ledge and he's going to go, he's going to like walk off, but let's pause on that. We cut over to this one security guard and he was like chilling and this like rude boss guy comes in and he's just like, Hey, don't be uh, sleeping on the job, which He's kind of in his right, man. If you're at work, you can't really be sleeping. That's not really the best place to be napping. And this other lady, like, after the boss man gives him what what's what, this other lady walks up and she's just like, oh, that guy's such a dick. Hey, he, I, I got sent some fish. Do you want it? And he's like, oh, yeah. And the security guard's super stoked to get some fish. The lady, like, hands over the box and the guy, like, opens up the box and it's just full of rotten fish. Like, I don't know, it was just, like, really, really gross looking and everything, and it's just, like, covered in goo. Um, and then, like, as soon as he does that, he kind of recoils for a second. He's like, oh, like, it really stinks. And then he just gets this mad nosebleed. I have, like, I need to look up, I guess I didn't really do too much research, um, just as to how, like, if there was any, like, special effects or anything. But, like, the way they did the nosebleeds in the show is fucking kick-ass. Because they must have had, like, tubing or something where it just, it's just, like, gushing blood all over the place just out of this guy's nose. And then, anyway, we cut back to the Mr. Lonesome on the roof there. And he's about to take a step off. He's about to, like, you know, ice himself by jumping off the top of the building. And then he sees this one girl who's, like, on the roof practicing ballet, I'm um, just kind of doing doing her thing, and he's over there being a creep. And then she's like, she stops after she accidentally steps in gum. And I couldn't imagine. I've I've stepped in gum wearing shoes, but this like one character, she was wearing like the the ballet shoes, which are essentially just socks. Um, and she like, you know, she's like, yeah, that would make me stop too. That probably feels really gross. And I, there's no way you're getting you're getting gum off of ballet shoes. If there is a way, uh, kudos to you, man. But I'm pretty sure those things are just like, you know, cloth and silk or like nylon and silk. And there's no way of getting gum off that. What the hell am I talking about? Anyway, so she goes over. She knows that he's about to try and jump off the building and she's very callous about it. They have a little combo there. 
Um, and she's just like, you know, sitting smoking her cigarettes and she, she's just like, Hey, uh, don't kill yourself here. It would just cause a lot of problems for the building there. So this poor guy, he probably feels like a burden enough as it is just in life and everything. And now you get some stranger being like, Hey man, if you're going to kill yourself, don't do it here. Okay. (laughs) So go back to the security guard. He's like, he's being a, he's being real weird. He's acting real fishy. He's got his nose stuffed up now. Uh, with a couple of like, you know, tissue and they're all bloody, but he's, he's acting real weird at Mr. Lonesome's apartment. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I was supposed to bring you this package. And he's just kind of acting a little strange, but anyway, Mr. Lonesome kind of like brushes him off and goes into his apartment or whatever. And we get introduced to their next uh, main character here. We get this one girl jamming on her bass guitar and she's jamming hard, smoking cigarettes, super badass. Am I right? <laughs> And she's like, she's just like, you know, talking to this one person on the phone. She's like playing for them or whatever. And she's like, hey, how's that? And they literally go, it sucks. <laughs> so I thought it was fun. Anyway, you get that. So they get the, the you know, she rushes out there. I guess she has to like go to a gig or whatever. So she has her bass guitar and everything. And at the elevator, you get this one lady. because She's kind of like, you know, just walking along. She seems really distant. She's pushing a stroller. Um, and she walks up to her and she's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You're the neighbor. You, you're kind of loud. And she goes, oh, sorry. I just, you know, can't stop jamming on this bass guitar. Ha <laughs> ha. And the lady's like, yeah, well, I'm just taking my baby for a walk. Isn't she pretty? And then like the one bass girl goes to look at the baby and there's no baby in the stroller. So you're like, oh, is this one of the, you know, is this one of the people that are going crazy or something? So then he's just, she's like the one lady with the stroller gets on the, uh, the elevator and then like, she's waiting for bass girl to get on there and she's like, Oh, I forgot my wallet, you know, and the stroller lady's just acting straight up odd. So I, in, in her defense, I would have done the same thing because, well, for one, I don't like riding in, you know, elevators with just one other person. And two, I just don't want to have to have any extended conversation with anyone that I don't have to. So there's that. (laughs) Anyway, at the elevator, after a stroller lady dips out there, um, this one guy in a fancy looking suit, he walks up and he's just like letting her know. He he fills us in, thankfully, that he, um, the one lady that we just saw with the stroller, she had lost her baby about a year back. And, but she was a nice, she, he says that she's a nice lady and everything. Uh, she's just acts a little odd, you know, ever since that happened, which, yeah, man, that's justified. Suit guy, though, we finally get his name. He introduces himself as uh, Jung Jun Hyung. Ah, fuck, man, I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't, he doesn't want to, like, um, what's her face? The bass girl doesn't want to, like, shake his hand. She claims that, uh, her hands smell like cigarettes, which, okay, that's one reason to, you know, shake, not shake someone's hand. Um, and then we get introduced to her as well. She's, uh, Yung Jing Su. So, bass guitar girl, Yung Jin Su. So, Jung Jun Hong, uh, he's going to church, he says. He's like, that's why I have this Bible. I'm going to church. It is Sunday after all. Which is a very, you know, very obvious thing to say. <laughs> oh, you're going to church on a Sunday? What's wrong with you? Now, he gets off. So, Jung Jun Hong, he gets off and he sees a guy drop some, like this one guy passed by him with a bag. And the guy with the bag drops some duct tape. And then the duct tape guy, we are like, oh, what's this guy's deal? He's just kind of like staring off super hard. He's got like a really, you know, just kind of fancy-ish suit big on the ish it's like one of those suits that's just kind of like it's super baggy um yeah i wouldn't say it's not like a british cut suit um more of a more of an american cut if anything anywho 
And we get this uh, this one dude, duct tape guy. He's like, he's sitting there watching. We get introduced to him now. Like we cut to him, and he's he's sitting there watching TV, smoking cigarettes, eating some noodles. And he we like look down, and he has this one guy entirely duct taped up. I'm talking head to toe, just duct taped, and he has like part of the chair resting on his gut. Um, and the, the duct tape, I'm like the one guy who's he's sitting on that he he's like has them all wrapped up. We're just gonna call him duct tape guy. So he shows him something, and the guy's like, the guy who's all duct taped up, he's like, why are you doing this to me? And then duct tape guy shows him something on a phone, we don't get to see what it is, and then he's like, oh, he just doesn't really say anything, and then he, like, reaches down and, like, opens up the guy's mouth and then shoves in, a, like, a lit cigarette. And that was one of those moments where it's, like, it's very unexpected, very intense, like, horror and everything. So it's like, you know, or like not horror, but just like violence, you know, you just you didn't see it coming and it kind of makes you curl your toes a little bit. You're like, oh, you just put a lit cigarette in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> anyway, he pries open this guy's mouth and shoves that whole thing in there. And I was like, ha ha, how's that for secondhand smoke? <laughs> and he cut back to, to Mr. Lonesome. Um, and like, it was kind of a cool cut. Cause like the, when the guy's choking on the cigarette, uh, Mr. Lonesome, he like chokes on, uh, like this, like the ramen that he's eating and he like spits out a bunch of it. It's very gross. <laughs> and he gets his text. Mr. Lonesome gets this text, letting him know, uh, that he's been chosen to be a tester for the remake of last world. Um, I don't know if that's a video game. I'm going to assume that it is, uh, because this dude is like a hardcore gamer. So anytime we see him just kind of in like his, his downtime or whatever, what he's doing, he's like playing on his, um, uh, like his, uh, PC or whatever. And this guy, he doesn't like, even though he was like, this seems like something you would be, you know, all gamers would be excited about, but he's, he doesn't really seem too thrilled. So I'm just like, I don't know. And then he, it says on there, on the same text, it says, be at the Fan Festival in G-Tower on August 25th. So he opens up his calendar, and he types, he types on August 25th, he types suicide. And it's good to be organized, but uh, what the fuck's got you down? You're probably thinking that at this point as to what's, what's getting to this guy that's making him want to, like, you know, do himself in. Cut away from Mr. Lonesome, we go to Ballet Girl. Um, and she's trying on, trying to get onto the roof, uh, but it's locked up. She's wanting to, you know, go smoke some cigarettes up there. Um, and then she's like going down the stairs and you see the dude in the suit and she's kind of like very casually walks up and starts smoking a cigarette. Nothing like smoking cigarettes with strangers. Am I right, everybody? Um, and we see it's duct tape guy and he's, he's sitting there, you know, smoking his own smoke and everything. And she's like, shouldn't you be in school? And ballet girl's like, I got expelled for burning it down. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a badass way to get expelled. Back to Mr. Lonesome, and he's like, he's gaming hard now. And we hear this, like, we st this is kind of like one of those moments or one of those, like, you know, very confusing moments to where it could be interpreted two different ways. Um, but back to Mr. Lonesome, he's doing his thing, and we hear this woman through the wall, and she's, like, talking to her cat, and she gets, like, a uh, telephone call, and she starts, like, going hysterical, and it makes you think, too, like, goddamn, how thin are these walls in this apartment building for them to be hearing her that clearly? And any this this woman next door, she just starts sobbing and going crazy and everything. And Mr. Lonesome, like, we see, we cut from there, and Mr. Lonesome, he starts getting, like, a bunch of texts and everything, uh, saying how he's, like, his parents died, and then he was the only survivor and everything, and that he was a prick and blah, blah, blah. 
So, I, like, you're like, oh, are these hallucinations? But my interpretation, I was like, oh, I think it's, like, you know, PTSD or um, kind of like a memory or whatever. Because he's seen, it keeps, like, cutting from, like, the text messages coming in, like, nonstop. And then cutting back to, like, his eyes and everything. And that's a whole other thing, too. Like, that's, like, the shots of eyes are, like, crazy in this. And I think it's supposed to, to you know, play, uh, like, some type of significance there. Um, just because there's, like, you know, when, when someone's infected with this, this gunk or whatever the heck this pathogen is, uh, it does something funky to their eyes. So it kind of, like, makes their eyes go all bloodshot and everything. So... Next morning, we get Mr. Lonesome. He gets his text messages saying that he has a package at the door. Um, and someone, he goes to the door, but someone already tore open his package. And they, like, there was a bunch of ramen packets in there. And they, like, they threw these ramen packets all over the hallway. Um, so Mr. Lonesome, he goes out to, like, follow these ram ramen packets down the hall. And he follows the trail to the apartment next door where that woman was. And the door is wide open. And there's just blood everywhere. The whole place is just soaked in it. And the guy's, like, looking there, staring at this place like it's just, like, you know, he's terrified. Rightfully so. This is a total gore fest right in front of him. And this, like, severed cat head rolls out. And then, like, this hand goes and, like, yanks it back and snatches it. And you hear, like, you know, flesh squelching and, like, munching on it and everything. Oh, man, it was just grody. So Mr. Lonesome, he kind of steps up back. He steps back a few and he, like, crunches on the ramen before, like, running back to his apartment at warp speed and diving under the covers. <laughs> of his bed it was uh, the right thing to do because zombies and monsters can't get you uh when you're under covers that's scientifically proven and then you get a ding dong at the door and it's the woman next door and she's like crying for help no but it wasn't like hysterical crying or anything like that it was more of just kind of like you know pleading or whatever for him to open the door to help her so he goes and he checks this like door video phone which in 2020 and, like, you know, South Korea, if they have, you know, door video phones, that's pretty kick-ass. So it's like a phone. And then, like, just like a regular, like, you know, phone on a cord. And then they have, like, the little video monitor there. So I don't know if this is just, like, in the universe of this world or if that's an actual thing in apartments. But that's pretty badass. Like, you know, I would like to be, instead of having to look through, like, you know, the peephole and see someone in, like, fisheye lens vision, to be able to kind of have, like, you know, that and talk through them, talk to them through the little intercom there. And he goes like they're they're having this little back and forth about if he should let her in or whatever. And he goes, show me your arms. <laughs> and she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, show me show me your arms. And then she just loses it. She starts like screaming, starts banging on the door and everything. And then she starts like, you know, gushing blood from her nose. Like, again, how they do these nosebleeds in this show, I'm not entirely certain, but it's super badass. They did a really good job with it being gross looking. Um, and this, like, he goes and grabs, uh, like, a broom handle or whatever, and he breaks the broom off, and he has this little weapon there. So he's gonna take this, he's gonna take this bitch on head, head first, right? Nah, not really. So he rushes out, and there's nobody there. But there is a shitload of blood, like an entire person's worth of blood on the floor. <laughs> and so he's, like, walking around the corner there, and then duct tape guy's coming down the stairs, and they kind of meet in the middle. And duct tape guy doesn't really seem too shocked at the fact that there's a boatload of blood all over the place. He just kind of goes, ah, oh, blood. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> very, very casually. And Mr. Lonesome, he's, he, like, it was this weird shot. I don't know if this, like, was supposed to mean anything or if it was just a continuity error or something. But when he, when Mr. Lonesome rushes out 
of his, you know, of his apartment, he doesn't have any blood on his shirt or anything. And then, like, when there was, like, this cut from Mr. Duct Tape guy uh, to Mr. Lonesome, there is, like, Mr. Lonesome suddenly has, like, a shitload of blood on his shirt. So I don't know, like, what the dickens is going on there, man. But then Mr. Duct Tape guy, he, like, walks up to, to Mr. Lonesome and, like, they just, like, stare at each other for two seconds. And then Mr. Lonesome just passes out right into the floor on top of all of his blood and everything. So, oh, man, get out of there, man. That's HIV Central. <laughs> then we go to, um, go back to uh, Yuji Su, uh, the, the bass girl. She's jamming on her bass and everything, having a good old time. And then she starts getting banging. There's, like, someone banging on her door really hard. And she goes to check her video phone, um, and the lady that was just at Mr. Lonesome's door, she's there outside, except she's gone full-on monster. Like, she's got, like, you know, this gross purple skin, like, the white, you know, milky eyes, sharp, you know, shark teeth or whatever. It's just full-on monster. But then Yuji Su, she, like, walks up, acting very calm. She just goes, like, ah, your face. Dude, I would be losing it if I saw someone that like that at the, the video phone. But hey, that's just me. Maybe there's just, you know, she just really keeps it together. All those years of playing bass, you know, and jamming super hard just really gives you gives you a good center to kind of, you know, take whatever comes at you. So this lady, she starts like slamming against the door, screaming, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And she's like, as she's doing this, she's doing it pretty hard because like the damn door's being dented in at this point. Like it's just like boom, boom, boom. And she's like screaming. It's a very intense scene. So Yuji Su, she like arms herself with this baseball bat. And as soon as she does that, it just goes, everything goes quiet. And then it's just like, you know, she just, I guess she just fucked off or whatever. But then um, Yuji Su, she goes to like report it. And the Mr. Duct Tape guy, he like comes to investigate it. And then he's, like, looking it up and down. She goes, yeah, she was banging on the door. And then Mr. Duct Tape Guy, he, like, punches the door. And it leaves this, like, fist-sized dent when he does it. And he goes, oh, no, she wasn't doing that. She was ramming into it. And I was like, okay, how are you this strong? Who in God's name is this mystery man? I don't know. I guess you're going to have to watch more Sweet Home to find out. <laughs> but no. Anyway, we go back to uh, ballet's um, ballet girls. Yeah, the one that was doing ballet, smoking cigarettes. Didn't get her name. They just kept coming up as woman four. But I'm not going to call her that. That seems a little fucked up. But her, like, uh, I'm guessing it's her brother. It's definitely not her father because this guy's, like, the same age. He's like, oh, I'm going to work. He's like a teacher or tutor or some type. He's like, you know, packs his bag up with all these books and everything so he's going out going to work that's just my guess it didn't really give him any backstory or anything so this guy um ballet's brother he's going down to the lobby and everyone's there everyone's kind of like looking around and everything because for some reason the doors are locked and the shutters like on the building were like dropped down so everyone is trapped inside the building it's uh it's a little discerning you know and someone, like, also, too, they, like, chained the glass door shut. So, and, like, no one's getting out of there. And then people start trying to, like, make calls on their phones. But when they try and, like, call on their phones, it gives, like, this big screechy, like, feedback. So I guess, like, you know, all the phones are out as well. So you guys are double fucked at this point. <laughs> no communication, no escape. But, hey, that makes for a perfect horror movie, in my in my opinion. I always like horror movies where, like, you know, there's kind of, like, this, this sense of, like, confinement or being, like, trapped somewhere. Because I feel like that just adds to the suspense. So, apart from, like, there being, I don't know, like, monsters or killers on the loose, you're also trapped in a building with them. That just, I don't know, for some reason, to me, that just exasperates the situation. <laughs> 
So they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I don't blame them. I would too. And then there is like this oh boy moment. So they're like, hey, we got to get these shutters open. So some dick goes to the back. Like when I say dick, this guy is like the worst of the group. He's just he's a real asshole to everyone. He goes and he's like able to get the, the, the main office and he gets the shutters open. And they're like, as the shutters are opening, everyone's kind of like standing around looking out the windows. And they go like, hey, what is that? And then we get to see what they're looking at. It's this super tall guy, like much taller than the regular human. Um, he's like standing there right in front of the doors and we kind of pan down the back of them and he's like, oh dude, I love the monster design of like these creatures that these, you know, that these people are turning into or whatever the hell is going on at this point. This thing has this big bald eggplant head, these like twisted, gross, long claw hands. Like it's like someone took fingers and like put them in like a taffy stretcher and then like tipped them off with claws just really gross looking and like his limbs are all gangly and he just like moves real jerkily almost like it's like stop motion which if you don't like stop mo if you think stop motion is creepy by christ this is the movie for you so, or not movie geez the show so this thing is just standing there and we kind of like it zooms in and we see this thing's like jaw just splits open like goes all the way down to its like chest and, like, its teeth are all hanging out and everything. And this big worm-like tongue just spits out of its mouth. And it starts smashing into the glass. But it's like, they're like, oh, we got to get those shutters down. We got to get those shutters down. Which, I don't blame them, dude. Shouldn't have put them up in the first place. So this thing, this big old worm tongue just, like, smashes through. And this thing, like, zombie walks in and starts attacking the group. And everyone scatters. This one unlucky fella, though, the wor big old worm tongue gets a hold of him. And then he starts to, like, you know it starts to drink him like it just like sits in the back of his head and there's like you hear like the gulping noises and there's just like you know big like you know lumps in the the worm or whatever it's it's like drinking this guy's brains and innards and everything it's oh it's so metal i freaking love it dude so this uh ba ballet's brother comes into the rescue though he grabs a fire extinguisher and starts like blasting it with a fire extinguisher uh causing the thing to like start to stumble back a little bit so he's trying to push it towards the door so he can, like, you know, get the shutters shut or whatever. And then just he's like, you know, the fire extinguisher runs out and you're like, oh, man, this guy's done for. And then this other girl, this um, volunteer firefighter, so firefighter girl, she has his backpack on. She's like runs and fucking like, you know, football tackles this thing out the door. And it goes flying. But as she, like, you know, gets it out the door, this big old worm tongue thing ends up cutting her on the leg. And kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, no, she's she's done for at some point, right? So, but she hangs in there. She's doing good for now. She's got that big old gash on her leg, so that's a little gross. But, hey, yeah, at least you, got, you saved everyone's life. So they're able to get this monster thing out of there after a real tense moment. Um, and then they, like, everyone comes back into the lobby and they, like, uh, well, they finally drop the shutters and everything. Then we see what the situation's really like. Everyone's kind of staring out and looking outside. And there is all sorts of creeps out there. There's, like, this one giant, like, muscle-bound mutant-looking thing. There's one with, like, an elongated body and these big old arms. Like, you know, like, arms that are at least, like, seven feet long. And it's just, like, creeping around. There's, like, that one that I mentioned is like has his head split down the middle and it's like chomping together like jaws oh it's just all types of like badass body horror if you're definitely yeah if you like you know monster or body horror definitely give this show a look I think you'll have a lot of fun with it 
Anywho, we cut to Mr. Lonesome. So after every, we kind of see like all the chaos going out front or going on out front of this apartment building. And you could just know that, oh, if it's this bad here, the rest of the world is fucked as well. No doubt. So outside, though, you see all sorts of like, you know, all, all that going on. So we cut to Mr. Lonesome and he's back in his, you know, apartment looking out his window over the destroyed city. Um, and as he's looking out, we kind of zoom in on his eyes, and then we see that he gets this mad nosebleed, and he's just, like, bleeding all over the place, and then, like, he's just kind of, like, you know, staring out, kind of, you know, realizing that, uh-oh, someone's infected, and that someone is Mr. Lonesome. And then we smash cut to the credits. And that was episode one of Sweet Home. Dude, definitely something that you would check out if you're into something like if you're into horror, if you're into body horror, Korean horror, anything like that, or if you're just looking for something new to watch, or if you're just like, you know, wanting to creep yourself out for the holidays, give it a look, man. It seems to be climbing the charts, and I hope it does, because it's a, it's definitely a cool show, and I hope that it's, you know, keeps that cool factor. I always hate it when there's, like, shows where you start to watch it, and the first, like, five episodes are good, and then they just go completely off the rails, so... Fingers crossed. I probably won't do another summary of them. Uh, I'll probably just move on to something else. So just keep suggesting stuff. But again, listener, if you took the time to listen to all this, dude, I really appreciate it. I super, super do. It really means a lot. I get to see like, you know, how many people listen and everything. And just the fact that like, you know, I'm seeing that people are, you know, there's a couple of people you know out there listening. Hey, man, props to you. You, you definitely keep me going. Okay. Um, so if you want to help me out though, if you want to go on to Apple podcast, if you have the app, it's that purple icon and the iPhone, uh, just go on there and drop me five stars, um, or however many stars you think I deserve and just write like a little review there. Um, like <laughs> Andrew likes, likes penis. I saw someone out there. Appreciate you, man. Uh, don't know who did it, but thank you. I, I super, super appreciate it. I'm not just meaning that as being like, you know, sarcastic or anything, Super appreciate it. But also, too, um, if you have any friends or anything that would like to enjoy this show, let them know about it, man. Let them know that there's some kook out there that likes to do random episodes of random bullshit. <laughs> and that, you know, if you have any ideas for podcasts, you can reach me on Instagram. That's Don't You Dare Talk To Me, uh, just like the, the podcast itself. I also want to end the episode just by giving a quick thank you uh, to my producers, uh, Will Fisher and Noah Adams. Um, definitely, definitely helped me kind of get this stuff off the ground. Um, and it's kind of made, you know, keeping me going with everything like this. All right. I appreciate your time, listener. Good listening on you. I will see you next episode. Happy holidays.